We here at Sports Best Friends acknowledge Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people as the traditional custodians of the land, water and sky throughout Australia on which we record. We recognise their strength, diversity, resilience and deep connection to country. We pay our respects to Elders of the past, present and future as they hold the memories, knowledge and spirit of Australia. Welcome back to the Big Cat Chat, a podcast all about the Penrith Panthers. My name is Jack Martin and I'm joined by my co-host Nat Sinclair. How are you, Nat? I'm great. How are you? Uh, yeah, I'm good. Uh, recovered from from Friday. Yeah, so only our second, you know, L of the year. Um, yeah. Very different circumstances. I guess for me, I don't think I even felt the impact of it because like the game was over really from what the 20th yeah. minute or so. So it's kind of like you just you, you only had 20 minutes of hope in the game and you usually have 80 minutes of it. So, yeah, like it's kind of like numb to it. Didn't really feel that sadness that I usually get from a loss. Yeah, I, I did not feel anywhere near as sad as I did for the, no, the first loss not. of the year. Um, yeah. Because that was like I, I held out hope for a lot of that game because I was like, if there's one team that can win this, it's Penrith. And if there's one team that oh. can lose this, it's Para. But like, well, especially the way the second half, like I, I have yeah. to admit, we were there, we were at the game, and I genuinely, because we were, I, we came from work, so we didn't drive, we caught the train, so it was going to be a bit of a like we knew it was going to take us a little while to get back home, and when Nathan got sent off, and then all those tries piled on, the temptation to leave at halftime was yeah, real. Yeah. I would admit that <laughs> it was super real. Like, you know, you just like, do I want to watch it turn to fifty? Um, and then do I want to be stuck with 1 billion people on a train on the way home? But you can't do it. You know, as a fan, you've got to stick it out. Um, and at the end of the day, like the 16 plays that are running out, I, I just, not that they're going to care if I leave at halftime, but I felt bad being like, I can't, can't, don't care about you guys. Do you know what I mean? Like we just yeah. had to watch it. And luckily for us, they gave us, I mean, I enjoyed the second half. I um, thought it was really good. So I'm happy I stayed. Yeah, I'm, I'm a, I hate leaving games early. The last time I left a game yeah. early was 2005 because, like, I was, wow. eight. I was eight, so my mum made us leave. And, like, Penrith had yeah. lost that game. But we it was, like, it was karma on us because it was, like, a, a, a Canberra in Bathurst-style comeback from Penrith, and we scored two tries yeah. in two minutes and won the game, and we didn't know. <sighs> And we were oh, walking. We were walking. Yeah, we were on Station Street, just next to, um, like, we hadn't even reached um, Nepean Village yet. And this guy ran past us and was like, "We won, we won." I was like, "Wait, what?" <laughs> and so, like, as a result, in the yeah, seventeen years since, I've never left a game early. Like, we were in Auckland once, and we're getting absolutely pumped. And my mate is like sick to the point that he's like nearly going to throw up, and he's like asking if we can yeah. leave. And I'm like, I'm like, no. I'm not leaving. <laughs> We're down by oh like 30 God. points with five minutes You've got to go. do it. Yeah. Yeah, it's just like I think my dad, I, I remember it really clearly when we lost to um, the Raiders like 72-12 um, and I was didn't want to watch it. I was like, this is like the first time you ever experienced something like that. Like that's not a common occurrence. 
and dad made me watch the entire game like we were just watching on tv he's like no you watch it till the end and I was like no, I don't want to <laughs> and it kind of just stuck with me it's like you've got to in order to be arrogant and brag about the highs you have to write out those lows with them and if we're if our lows are 60 minutes of a game or year I'm going to take that yeah like that's that's the thing is um I sometimes get caught up in how blessed we are at the moment as Penrith fans, but then moments like that make me remember, like we've had a lot of much worse losses than this before. And like, I I almost wonder if um, October 25, 2020 has numbed me to losing. Yeah. Because like the Melbourne storm, like broke me for a year. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, nothing's ever going to feel as bad as that. Like, even if we lose the grand final to para this year, I'm yeah. like not going to feel as bad as I felt at that time. So but I'm even like, that game, like that game, we knew like it was what 20, 22 nil or something at halftime. Yeah. 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 So halftime like specifically was the worst prepared. part. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I think the first couple of like the first try and then it started to really rack up. It was just like, Oh my God. Like it's been a, really long it's been a really long time since we lost a close important game like we lost that um Parramatta game this year but that was a regular season game we lost that South game that was a bad feeling last year losing that South week one final because I thought holy we've just ruined our chances we landed ourselves on the Melbourne side of the draw we're stuffed and that was when Melbourne were looking pretty much unbeatable um that was a bad feeling I didn't like that feeling but We've, all, we've been very lucky to not experience those close losses um, for a long time. So we are very blessed at the moment. It's hard to believe that this is – you almost do start taking it for granted, I think. Like the first 2020, we lost the one game in the regular season and drew one. Last year, I think we lost three games. Um, and this year, we've lost two. And that is super abnormal. That's like nothing we've ever seen before in my living memory of the NRL even when Melbourne were super dominant, they were losing more games than that in a season. So the fact that this is what we're used to, um, God, who who could believe it? Yeah, it's really strange the way that, like, we haven't had that experience of being, like, the big teams where you can afford to lose, like, five games in a regular season and still come first. Yeah. And, like, we both Penrith and Melbourne, look, Melbourne won 19 games in a row last year at one yeah. point and still yeah. only and won the minor premiership. Yeah. And they only won the minor premiership on points difference. And it shows that like well, there's, I, almost, um, there's almost less margin for error now. Yeah. I, um, cause one of my friends who's not really a, a huge rugby league fan, when, remember when well, which this should have happened, but I, the Cowboys were losing to the Tigers. And I was like, oh, I really hope this they lose this game because yeah. it'll be a record breaking 10 points away from, from second. And then he was like, oh, I'm surprised that hasn't been done before. And I was like, that's really strange you're surprised about that because I find it ridiculous. And then I looked back throughout the last 20 years and the closest it's been has been a six-point gap in terms of minor, the minor premiers and the second team. So, And most of the time it was like decided on um, point difference. In 2019, there was four teams all on the same points they finished all on the same points. Yeah, that's um. We had a Isn't couple years wild? there. We had a couple years there yeah. of absolutely ridiculous ones because I think 2018, yeah. 2018 as well. Maybe I was maybe it, it was, was 2018. It was one I of think, those years. I think twenty eighteen because I think it was when we were in the finals. Um, um have a look. It was yeah. ridiculously. I think close. It, yeah, I um, think 
I think one to four, we're all on the same amount of points. And then five to eight, we're all two points less. hell. How is that? This is unbelievable. So the, and this is crazy looking back on it now. Are we on 36 points at the moment? We are, aren't we? I believe we are. I can check that. Yeah, so the premiers were on the Roosters, Storm, Rabbitohs and Sharks were all on 34 points. Um, (laughs) And, yeah, the Roosters won the minor premiership by eight point against points. Um, And then after that, this is beyond. Oh, my gosh. So there's the top four on 34. And the bottom four of the eight were all on 32. Yeah. To the point where the Panthers and the Broncos had exactly the same points difference. That's right. Yeah. And I think it came down to um, try like scored. Most points scored or something. Yeah. yeah, try scored. This is wild. Wow. What a year. I know. I, I feel, what a disappointment. What a disappointing I, end to an exciting year. I feel like um, they didn't make a big enough deal out of that when that happened. Yeah. Because looking back, like looking at that now, I'm like, that is craziness. Especially like, I mean, little did we know. 2018, 2019 was kind of close-ish and then 2020 and 21 blew out to what we've seen that has kind of evened out this year, but there was just dominant teams Um, and then everyone else was falling behind and a huge gap. Um, So I think this year, while I still believe that we are head and shoulders above everybody else, we're seeing the return of the more of like, there's like eight to 10 teams that are really like kind of could beat anyone on their, could beat each other on their day. Whereas I think the past couple of years, it's just been like you knew what was going to happen every game, really. Yeah, well, when you look at like the fourth through to eleventh, it's actually really yeah. close, and it's like it's that's, so close. Yeah, that's where the new battles are, really, isn't it? Yeah, and that's exciting. Um, like for us, it's been awesome to see it this year because we've been out of it, <laughs> which is great. Um, although, what we're I guess we'll talk about it. We may as well talk about. Should we lead into the the Nathan's dissension? What impact that yeah. has? Because yeah. that's that's what I'm going to start talking about. Um, how how do you feel about this suspension? I mean, I think we both certainly agree with the suspension. We agree with the send off. Um, yeah, it was a oh. dumb tackle. Nathan knew it. Everyone knew it. Can't have that in the game. It could have been a lot worse than it was. Um, right punishment to me. Yeah, 100%. I think they got it completely right with everything surrounding yeah. it. Um, because you, you can't argue with consistency. And no. it is perfectly consistent with all the other incidents of that nature this year. Absolutely. Like, like because I feel like you can't take the fact that it was, like, that it was Nathan Cleary into account in that, like, we know that Nathan Cleary is not a grubby player. Because Definitely I know yeah. I know Jared Wallace got done for it this year and he's a bit more of a grubby player. But... Yeah. With that particular tackle, you never see it done in aggression. No, like we don't have those kind of people in the NRL. Yeah. That's why, yeah, you don't he didn't intentionally do anything. He's not intact. He just got no. He got I think he got overawed by the moment. Um, I truly do believe that Parramatta was starting to sneak up on top of us. And I think he wanted to show some aggression. I was I was um, a bit nervous at that moment. Yeah. Saying, to be completely honest, I'm kind of happy that we have an excuse. Um, yeah. <laughs> at this point, I mean, if I'm being honest, they, uh, based on that first 20 minutes, they were they were on, Parramatta were on, and they they just, they have magic against us and the magic was there. Um, but, yeah, I think it was really well handled by the NRL, the club, by Nathan, by everybody. Um, actually, on that note, we'd love to touch on Aaron Woods. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. And rambling. Off. And I think, I think that 
what we what you just said, which is like you can't look at the tackle and think it's Nathan. He he's not a really a grubby player. Let's change the the um, suspension. I feel like that's what Aaron Woods was trying to get at, which mm. is an absolutely valid point. But instead, Aaron Woods starts talking about the Instagram apology um, and about um, JWH and about TikTok. And I think his message got really lost in an, an agenda there. Um, it was difficult to watch that clip and not think, not walk away and think Woods has a serious problem with Nathan. Um, and yeah, it was just ended up being rambling to me. Um, unnecessary rambling. I don't know. I didn't like it. I didn't like it. And I think I'm all yeah. for a player to come out and be honest about a situation, but I just thought it was kind of nasty, like kind of nasty because he kept bringing up the Instagram post. And I'm like, hang on, are we, are we, insinuating that Nathan did the Instagram post with the intention of trying to get less weeks the MRC. <laughs> like, is, yeah, it's, it's really strange. Because I don't really believe that's what it was at all. Because if he were to follow the kinds of stories that Nathan Cleary puts up on his Instagram in, like, difficult moments throughout his career, yeah. it's always him, like, sending a message to the fans. It's yes. his way of communicating. Always. And He's very takes very things perfect. Very, very yeah, he, these things. he. You can tell that he. It matters to him, um, what happens in the game, and like more so than what you get with your average player. And yeah. it's not only what makes him such a great player and why he's improved so much because you can tell how much it means to him, but you can mm. tell how disappointed he was in himself immediately when he got sent off, and yeah. he knew he was going to be sent off in that walk up to the referee, and. Yeah. It was just such a strange take from Woods because, yeah, if he had just said, I don't want Cleary to get like a lighter sentence because he's supposedly a good guy and stuff, I would 100% agree. Yeah, but that's, absolutely. That's not where he left it. And, yeah, he started referencing no. – he, Aaron Woods decided that he was going to be, yeah, the moral compass of the NRL. Yeah. And the way he's like, well, we all remember the TikTok, don't we? It's like, yeah. hang on, mate, you come from a team that had 13 plays suspended last year yeah. doing exactly the same thing and you're not yeah. saying a word about them and that's what bothered me about it i'm like you have every right to come out and say look i think we just you know what else is odd about this actually why he was even talking about it when nathan didn't get a lesser sentence penrith didn't yeah. fight it they that's, didn't give him a grade yeah. two so where is it coming from to me it was just an excuse to whinge and i would understand it if he had gotten off like that's go off like go for your life whinge about it ramble all you want but he got the, the right punishment. And it seemed to me that Woods was pissed off that he apologised on Instagram. And, it, and it, felt, it felt a little bit to me as well that, like, he was almost trying to sort of pander to, you know, the average bloke in the pub who might be who might not be a Penrith fan and says with his other non-Penrith yes. fan mates, like, oh, you know, clearly he gets, you know, let off by the referees and stuff like that and everything. Yeah. And because people do talk like that. And it's almost, yeah, as if he was trying to get them on side. To- yeah, because it doesn't make sense. Quite yeah. perplexed. And then because I think one of them, because I think Emma was like, are you trying to say that you think that Nathan has gotten a better reception because of the good guy? And then he said the TikTok thing and everyone, they just ignored it. And then the other presenter was like, well, you could tell when he got up, he was banging his head. He was really frustrated about it. And then Woods was like, well, I do that too. I do that all the time. And no one says to me, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, wait, but no one's saying to Nathan that he was right. So yeah. why are you talking about this? I, and when he brought up JWH, are you kidding? In the same weekend <laughs> that he was in this, he says if JWH did that, he would get life. 
And if you that exact same weekend, he got a fine for literally putting so much pressure on that debutante's head, he could have caused a serious injury fully intentionally. And he's sitting there complaining about Nathan Cleary. <laughs> yeah, you can't compare him like, to Warrior Hargreaves and act like he would have got so, a raw deal when you think about the amount of times that he should have been sent off in his career and hasn't been. Yeah, 100%. So I will gladly say I am. I was rattled by that from Andrew, um, what's his name? Aaron Woods. I was like, no, I hate that. I don't like that energy. I'm not unbothered by it. I'm bothered by it. Aaron, like pipe down. Yeah, you're no longer welcome on the show, Aaron. Or enough, yeah, not that we're really missing out on much. No. In terms no. of an on field presence. I did like people saying that um if only Aaron Woods showed that much aggression in his play. Oh, like come on. Do you know what I mean? Like if it's just tall poppy syndrome from someone within the within the NRL. It's an, yeah, it's just not a great look. No, no. Well, yes, so Penrith are going to be without Nathan for five Mm. weeks. Mm -hmm. Um, How does that sit with you? See, I think we might have a little problem on our hands, personally, if I'm being honest. Um, I was rather disturbed by the first half last week, and I I don't want to put too much into that because we've seen that time and time again teams lose their minds when a player gets sent off or sin-binned. But then obviously I haven't had the chance to collect them and I'm sure that the second half gave me a lot of hope that we're going to be okay because they performed so well. They won the second half without a player. Um, but the problem I have um, with the next few weeks is who we're playing. We've got a really rough, rough draw. Aside from the Warriors, I'll just read out who we have. Aside from the Warriors, everybody has an interest in these games um, and they're going to be playing for the eight or the four. And it's going to be really tough coming up against. I mean, I feel like as as the front runners, we come up against teams that give us their all every week. And this is going to be like that on steroids. Um, we've got the Raiders this week, which we'll talk about later. Massive danger game. We've got Melbourne the week after, which is surprisingly one of the games I'm least worried about. Then we have the Rabbitohs with Luttrell and they're fighting for a top eight spot. Then we have the Warriors which we can just pretty much discard. Then we have the Cowboys, you know, and they'll be fighting probably for the, I mean, I don't want to say there'll be a minor premiership decider. I really hope not. I hope he doesn't get to that. But the Cowboys are probably going to be fighting cement a four spot. So, or it could go the other way and we both would have cemented our spots so everyone gets rested in that last game. But we've got it, we're up against it. Um, And... As much as these games perhaps don't matter in terms of the fact we're likely to win the minor premiership or come second anyway, I also believe in it's it's good to have a bit of momentum running into the finals. Um, and I'm a little bit concerned as to whether or not we'll have that. Yeah, I I like I'm I'm surprisingly feeling okay, but I'm still I'm I'm definitely more wary of the threat of us going into the finals with like I guess lesser momentum than I was a week ago because I look at it on the positive side of Cleary and Luai are going to be well-rested going into the finals. But then, but then I look at the fact that, and I know that this is his first week back from injury, but that Kurt Falls isn't in the team. 
And I think the Kurt Falls and Sean O'Sullivan combination in the halves works well. And it's proven to work well all year. And we've seen it transfer over to NRL level. Granted, it hasn't come against very good opposition each time because this was still the Bulldogs um, of old, I would say, before their renaissance. Yeah, absolutely. Or was and it the same they as, sacked Mick Potter at that point? I Sorry, think, had they um I think they had was it the first sacked, week or so? I think it yeah. was the first week. Yes. Um, yeah. But yeah, like they hadn't quite gelled yet with that new team. And yeah. then the Tigers game, it was before the Tigers decided that, you know, they're gonna they beat everyone the in the top, of four. top four teams. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, which I really enjoyed from them. I love the chaos. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I'm glad that it's come when it's come. Um same. And it's it's interesting because I think that that combination would be more effective than a Jamin Salmon one. Um, oh, because totally. I actually like I actually like Jamin Salmon as a player. I don't think he's as awful as some people make out. But uh, we had we we struggled big time on Friday night. Every single time Sean O'Sullivan got tackled. Because Jamin Salmon can be there to compliment Sean O'Sullivan and be outside him, but he's not a primary playmaker. And there yeah. were two times where he had attacking kicks within the 10 and they were both absolutely awful. Now, granted, yeah. given he'll have, you know, a whole week of training there and stuff like that, and he won't just be thrust into there midway through a game when all season yeah. he's come on and played back row or center for like yeah. 10 minutes. Obviously, it's a different situation and everything will be a lot calmer. And also, Canberra just aren't as good as the Eels. Mm. Whilst it'll all be a lot easier than that, it's still just, yeah, it throws that sliver of doubt into my arrogant, arrogant mind. Um, yeah, because I bal- started thinking, oh, no, is this the, ti- is this the time that yeah. our, is this it? <laughs> like, is it over? That's what I started thinking. Well, on balance of power, I still think we're okay and I still think we finish first um, just because I back our defence all day and because our defence looked, like, frankly, awful for, like, a 20-minute period in that game. But we were rattled as a team. We saw stupid plays like Dylan doing that short dropout, which is just something that Penrith don't do. And uh, but you know was... what? Like I also kind of back it because I'm like, eh, fuck it, you gotta try something. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah. I kind of back it. Yeah. Yeah, you sort of gotta you sort of gotta, you know, throw the kitchen sink at them at some point. Yeah. Um, yeah. and I think it's I think it's just more emblematic of what was totally. going on. Um kind of like um origin three vibes when they yeah. just all of them started doing ridiculous. Nathan doing shit. the chip. Yeah. Yeah, Stephen throwing it into the Luai throwing it over uh, the sideline, you know. Yeah, it's like yeah. we're not used to coming back from that kind of thing. Um, and if anything, maybe this is going to be a good challenge. Like maybe this is going to be better than coasting. I think we learnt last year coasting is not the option for us in terms mm. of we coasted in 2020 and we lost and we didn't coast last year and we won. So, you know, yeah. maybe this is going to be a good challenge. And you always, I, I always want to think in the back of my head, what if Luai and Cleary got COVID or you know, got injured in the first some freak accident in on the way to the grand final. Like, what would we do? And yeah. I think this is a good practice for that. And I've been super in, well, we won every game without we won every game without um Cleary this year. So or except for the one that he got sent off. <laughs> yeah. We well, still played so it doesn't count. It's different yeah. to doing someone <laughs> yeah. like 
you know, replacing you and you being replaced with nobody. Yeah. Um, but that fills me full of a bit of confidence. I think I have full faith in Sean O'Sullivan. I think he's a fantastic game manager. I thought he was really good last week. Um, I love him. Super excited yeah. for him. I'm just like a bit, as I say, you, as I agree with you that I don't know if someone's the best choice at 5'8". I wish we had done something like falls or we floated it in MKFC. I would have loved oh, to this was a, something. Yeah, I this, would have loved it. Like, why not? Yeah, like, for just before, or Edwards. Yeah, it was, it was ballsy the Stephen Crichton discussion that was going on for him at 5'8". <laughs> but that's, I like it. It's chaos. I like it. And yeah. it's the, you know what as well, like Ivan is the safest man on earth, except for the time he decided to throw Brent Naden out of the team and whack in Tyrone May after Brent had been at centres the whole year and we'd won every yeah. game. Um, but when you take that sort of thing aside, he's such a safe coach and I just want him to do something wild. And I just thought how fun would it be to just throw caution to the wind, whack in Crichton or Edwards at 5'8". They wouldn't have to do that much in my view. They would just have to support, which they're both good at. Um, Sean O'Sullivan would run the show and debut Taruva. Like, where's the downside? If we drop a game, we drop a game, but at least we're trying something. Yeah, um, well, but then the, the tiniest flicker of panic came into my brain. I'm like, oh God, what if we did that? And then Taruva was like the second coming of Jesus Christ. And then it was hard for <laughs> Dylan to get his fullback spot back. And I thought, oh no, let's not do that. <laughs> well, I've got a feeling, I've got a feeling that if anything, it would have been um Taruva Center and Crichton 5 yeah. Just because um, yeah. Taruva's been playing centre in New South Wales Cup. Um, and I think that they have eyed him off as the extra centre option for next year, kind of how Jennings has been playing for us this year. Um, yeah. Which, almost, how lucky did we get, by the way, that we had Charlie Staines on the bench? Oh, I know that worked out. <laughs> it actually worked out all right. Um, it did. I'm not sure but that I, means... I was confused at the way they used him. Because yeah. um, I immediately thought, I don't know what my obsession with is with Dylan and five eight. I think I've just got this idea that it was a five eight coming through. So yeah, that's what I thought. So I thought, okay, like they'll send when Nathan went off. I'm like, all right, logically, you've got Stains on the bench. Why wouldn't you bring Dylan to five eight? Stains the fullback. Done. Like simple, very simple. But that didn't happen. I also understand, though, where Ivan's coming from in that when you've got two of your spine players out, do you really want to disrupt your spine with a third player? Yeah, I guess. And I guess it's like if it was maybe earlier in the season, perhaps worth a gamble. But I guess like what you were saying, it's more about you don't want to disrupt momentum too much because I can see us dropping one of these next games, but you don't want to drop like two or three of them. You don't want it to be too Um, crazy. Um, yeah. I think Parramatta are in a similar predicament um, as to what to do with Clint Gutherson, who we hate on this podcast. But um, I know that with Moses out, there was like, a, do they bring into the halves or do they keep it consistent and keep it at fullback and bring someone else in, you know? Um, so I guess it's a similar thing where it's like, do you want to stuff up the rest of your spine because two of them are out? Yeah, it's, um, it's interesting because that would have also taken away from the natural game of either one of... Clinton or Dylan because neither are like an organizing half. Yeah, I also thought to myself, we rely so, so, so much on Dylan's work. Um, And while I'm sure Critter or Taruba could do a good job as well, we just rely, like it's such a massive part of our game are those kick returns um, and just the the carries. So he wouldn't get anywhere near that much ball at 5'8". So 
I understand it. I guess we should just trust Ivan. Yeah. <laughs> what but, a concept. Um, <laughs> Dylan, Dylan has shown his um, ability to play on either side of the field this year because when Jerome has been out, um, mm. he has actually played on the left-hand side and mm. Kurt Falls played on the right-hand side um, yeah. in both the Bulldogs and the Tigers games um, until Kurt came off hurt. So th- there is the versatility there in Dylan's game where we we know that we're going to see his hands on the ball more over these yeah. next few weeks. But I guess for the kick returns themselves, it was just not worth changing the number on his back, I guess. Yeah, I agree. I, I understand that. Uh, there'll be a bit more Dylan chat later. Don't worry, folks. Yeah. <laughs> It's our moment. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm I'm not, you know, writing off our minor premiership chances or anything like that. But I think we'll still win the minor premiership yeah, for sure. I'm, I'm, I'm more concerned probably just like the, the momentum side of things. Yeah, I've moved from optimistic to cautiously optimistic. Yeah. Um, which yeah, I mean I guess we'll see, but it, it's yeah, definitely raised an extra element of doubt. <laughs> Yeah, that's un, un, like totally get it. Yeah, um, but you know what? This is a great opportunity for Sean O'Sullivan to show that he probably should have been a full-time NRL halfback for the last like three seasons at least. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. Um, there's actually been a little bit of news coming out of Penrith this week, aside from you know Nathan getting five weeks. Uh, our man, Sonia Taruva, along with Thomas Jenkins and Liam Henry have all had contracts upgrades, um, which came a few days ago just at the end of the trade window as your each team's top 30 has to be finalised. So Taruva and Jenkins were both on development deals and have been upgraded to the top 30. Meanwhile, Liam Henry has been moved into the development uh, slot which, yeah, that's that's good news. Um, it means that we probably won't be seeing someone like Mav Gaia in first grade this year. Um, otherwise, I thought they would have upgraded him. But I guess with us looking a little bit thin in the backs at the moment, it's pretty good to see. Both players have definitely earned it. Um, I watch us play New South Wales Cup most weeks and they are both absolutely fantastic players. Yeah. Um. um Sorry, yeah, what were you saying? I was just saying I've not really seen much of them except for Taruba, um, but exciting, like very exciting to see us looking up that young talent. Yeah, 100%. It's, we just know it's like just that next wave of players coming through. Yeah. And you see them yeah. sort of, they tend to emerge in like a group of like two or three. Yeah, they do. Like, I mean, yeah. like Brian and um, yeah, yeah. So yeah, that's that's very exciting to see. Thomas Jenkins, I swear, he scores a try almost every game he plays. It is amazing to see. And he's equally as good on the wing or at center, just as you can get to River to play center or fullback. So it also brings yeah. that versatility. And I guess it also helps with um there's been questions of late about where Charlie Staines' future lies. Um, yeah. because he probably deserves an NRL gig but isn't going to get one at Penrith. And then, yeah, if Taruva is the centre depth option next year with Jennings leaving, then I guess Jenkins can be the wing option. And, yeah, yeah it, it it's another thing where it just raises a, a couple more questions, doesn't it? Um, 
you what watch us be completely wrong like we were all day on Tuesday predicting who was going to go five eight for us. Yeah, I just totally forgot about salmon. I got so excited when I saw that Falls was in New South Wales Cup because I thought it was going to be Dylan or Critter, and I forgot salmon existed. Oh, oh that's such a letdown. It was sorry, such sorry, a- sorry, sorry, Jamin. <laughs> oh, I, for a moment I was like, oh my god, he's doing it, and then I remembered. I was like, ah. Oh. <laughs> you were like you brilliant madman i can't believe you're actually doing like, it wow you did something you did that <laughs> yeah so no I, we we can all dream yeah yeah it'll be so out of character you know you just crave it because like yeah i mean also when was the last time we ever had to worry about a team this announcement never so exactly. yeah i think yeah it's like this it's like you do crave it you crave something but shit crazy to happen a little bit <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It's like we we know that the conservative nature of the way he picks teams and coaches teams, you know, won us a comp. But sometimes just throw something out there. Exactly right. Yeah. It'll it'll be more good content for us on here anyway if it goes poorly. Yeah, agreed. We have something yeah. to talk about. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's your way with the premiership. Welcome back to the Big Eel Chat, the podcast all about the only team to beat the Panthers <laughs> one year. It, I don't know why that scared me so much. <laughs> I'm like, is Jack okay? What's happening? Yeah. Um, it took me so long to figure out he hadn't been like murdered and killed in the. <laughs> I was talking to you five seconds ago. What happened to him? I know, but things people don't people die quickly. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my god! Oh, wow! You guys had already the initial like analysis of of the game and everything, but Jack had his AirPods in, so I couldn't hear anything you were saying. So like, I couldn't jump in and be like, ha ha ha, because you mainly just talked about the send off. So I was like, I mean, I'm not happy about sent off. Like, (laughs) (laughs) I mean, but it's convenient. (laughs) I mean, look, I wasn't mad that it happened. You seemed happy when it happened. (laughs) Oh no, I was happy that he got what he deserved. But I've said so many times, I wish we could have seen like a game, like a full game. game. Yeah. That's what I said to Jack earlier, and I'll have to I'll admit it to you. Like, it, I 100% think Parramatta were on top at that moment, and I think that's may, maybe what caused Nathan to do such a dumb move. I think oh, he was kind sure. of mentally freaking out a bit. So, like, I mean, I don't – yeah, I was stressed out at that point. Even yeah, though it was only no, like he doesn't do in. that if you guys are up by, like – No, definitely not. Something like that. Yeah. Para scored two back-to-back tries like pretty quickly and yeah like they were like not steamrolling because no one can really steamroll the Panthers but but, you could tell like Moses was on Brown were on everything like that so you Mm. could tell it was 100% just adrenaline like trying to change the game with like a big tackle sort of thing but it obviously just went really wrong (laughs) really wrong um but yeah to that end like I was I feel like as an Eels fan I would understand a sense of disappointment that the game wasn't allowed to play out um, in the way that it may have irrespective of the send-off. Yeah. Um, it's a tricky one because obviously, you know, everyone's only human. You can't help but yeah. sit there and go, oh, they won because Cleary got sent off. Yeah. But yeah. Did they win because Cleary got sent I mean, probably by that margin, yeah. But who knows what could have happened had he played the entire game. Well, also, like, as well, because I'm sure with Parramatta, how you had that Jekyll and Hyde first half and second half. Mm-hmm. Who knows the way they probably would have come out firing in the second half 
if they weren't up by 20 points, yeah. you know? So like in terms of where you're at for the season as well, it's like, it was kind of annoying that that game went to waste, I think. Yeah. Um, not to waste. You got the two points, but it's annoying that we, we can't, that was meant to be a game that we were meant to take so much from in terms of Parramatta and Penrith. And instead it was, it just felt like a waste. Yeah. Like it's such a tricky one because like as a para fan, obviously I sit there and say, well, like that was enjoyable, but also just like yeah. looking at the season, that was a win that many had probably counted as what would have been a loss. And so going, yeah. oh, are they going to make the aid? Aren't they? Aren't they? That was obviously two points that a lot of people wouldn't have factored in, but then on the opposite side, Moses broke his finger and had to have surgery and everything like that. So it's like, okay, well they got two points there, but You've won, but at what cost? <laughs> at what cost? Yeah, literally. So, like, yeah. Not, obviously, that has nothing to do with you know clearly getting sent off or even just the fact that it happened. But it's just kind of like a weird, like, there's a bit of a sour taste in your mouth from that game on different like levels for both fans. Yeah, I also think. I mean, at the end of the day, you got the two points, a very crucial two points, because, oh, like, sure. as you said, it was a two points that probably weren't afforded to you guys in many ladder predictors. Yeah. Um, and that could literally be the difference between you guys got a really tough run home plus yeah. with Moses out. That win could be the difference of an eight spot or not. Like For that's sure. how tight For it sure. is down there. And like, so, that's, like that's the thing. Like we got we got like blessed as well we with Cronulla beating South Sydney. And yes. I don't I, I think Broncos like on a different scale losing, but like mainly Cronulla beating South Sydney because now we're like a solid two points ahead of South rather than being on the same points as them. And so we have a little bit of breathing room. So like, yeah. that's nice for now, but yeah. How bad is Moses like missing Moses going to be, but Para are saying three weeks. So we'll see what happens. Yeah. It would be, yeah. Cause I mean, you've got Rabbitohs and Roosters beneath you guys, but they've both got terrible runs home. Who yeah. I'd be most stressed about would be Raiders, but there's, now you guys have that two points and you've le- leapfrogged like you're ahead of bunnies. The Raiders can make it and so can you. Yeah. Whereas before this game, in my head, I thought it was going to be Raiders potentially take your spot. Yeah. But now it looks like they're going to be taking maybe one of the bunnies or the rooster spots. Yeah. So it was a like, huge, huge win in this game of things for you for guys. Sure. One thing that scares me is that we still have bunnies. And so like, yeah, obviously. Yeah, those awful games where it's like a four-point swing. Yeah. There's so many of them from like, fourth downwards there's so many of these four point swings that are going to decide the bottom like the bottom half of the eight yeah it's um there's so many sides of it that's why like what was happening with manly last week was huge for para because had manly won that and then beat para they would be in the mix so like it's like manly para yeah you could also realistically finish fourth because your level on points mm, yeah, goes in fifth and the Storm in fourth. Yeah. The Storm have to verse us still, which mm. they've lost to us without but Nathan so Cleary. We. we have yeah, them as well. But you do well against the Storm. Yeah. Plus the Storm have been in relatively bad form, but terrible for their standards. <laughs> and the Broncos have the best lost of times. Pat Carrigan like, for four weeks. True. Yeah. Yeah. If it I'm is an it- Eels fan, if I'm an Eels fan, I'm like, okay, who do I would who would I rather play in my run home? Storm or like the Tigers, I would pick Storm <laughs> because they just yeah. be so much better. Yeah, legit. Tigers have a vendetta now. <laughs> like I'd be scared. They do. Of the t- tigers oh, the are just out tigers there. I, yeah. I like this. I think I tweeted something about this last year because this happens every season. It gets to the point where there's teams that has no bearing on their season and they're just out to ruin everybody yeah, else's fun. Ruin and it lives. is it's really fun to watch. Yeah. <laughs> See, I enjoy it. I respect it. The only thing that scares me is say Paragut somehow by chance they do get top four 
max they get fourth like there's no way they get third or anything like that that means they then play penrith i don't want that to happen (laughs) i don't want that no i can't do that i don't want that you, you should want that. You guys have to worry about because Nathan Cleary revenge game. That's what I'm saying. That's but, why, as a Penrith, oh, as a yeah. fan, as, I don't want it because it's Luai and Cleary both back. I still say I don't say that's Cleary uh, Luai fresh because he is still coming yeah, off an yeah. injury. But that is yeah, Cleary yeah. has just had a nice five week rest in the gym, and he, he wants yeah. to prove himself. I'm terrified. I, I I I just don't want it for the sake of our relationship. <laughs> oh my god! Honestly, for the sake like, of our relationship, can they just never play each other? Yeah, can they do a conference system and split them? <laughs> yeah, it has to. Like it has that to. That would be wonderful. That would be wonderful. <laughs> if only. It's just it's um it's it's tough. Um, even my partner, like he came to the game on the weekend, and he'd never been to. I don't think he'd ever been to a Parramatta live live game. And it, the rivalry is even starting to rub off on him. Like, there was absolutely nothing wrong with the fans around us. They were fine. And by the end of it, he's like, oh, I think out of all the games I've been to, Perth fans are the worst. And I'm like, they did nothing. Like, <laughs> he's just picking up on that energy. <laughs> there's, there's like, I, I, I go to a lot of Parramatta games, obviously, because I go with Victoria. And the mm-hmm. Parramatta fans don't annoy me because I'm just no. like, ah, they're footy fans. But then yeah. being there for Paraverse Penrith, Every single time one of them was making a noise, I'm like, mate, if they don't shut up, but this they're is, copping some knuckles. This like. is the guy. This is the guy who had a quote unquote sold out. Um, Combank <laughs> booed our <laughs> lineup for Para like very loudly, and yeah. so, like, you have the audacity yeah. to get mad when any Para fans wake up. <laughs> I threw my voice out. Literally, in the lineup. <laughs> he, they hadn't even kicked off yet, and he's like. Because he had the <laughs> entire Paralina. He even booed Brian Madison. I was shattered. I booed Wonga Blake, I, who I love. We were in the Panthers supporter bay, and for some reason, there was plenty of Para fans in there, which was a little bit annoying. Mm. But it's also like shithousery, but it's also like, you know, that's the away bay. <laughs> like, I, um, I and actually, then there was like. I feel like so many people genuinely don't realize. Well, I was at the I was at a Bulldogs para game once when Bulldogs fans yeah. came into the Parramatta Bay with their drums and they got kicked out. Oh, or yeah, yeah, like done it on purpose. But it's know, like I, when you buy the tickets, it says away bay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I just was like, they bought tickets knowing it was in the away bay. Anyway, and like there was one girl next to us, and she was super harmless, but she was very casual in that she would scream and cheer when like a penalty was awarded to Penrith, even though she was a para fan. Oh, and then, okay. like, five minutes later, we'd be like, why do they have the ball? And then <laughs> we'd, like, weirdly applaud, like, Tongo and then be like, oh, wait, <laughs> you know? And, like, just was really loud. Oh, she was didn't... just vibes. <laughs> yeah, she was just there for straight vibes, but she was annoying me a little bit by the end of it. Mm. <laughs> yeah. But I also was like, do you know what? Let them, like, how many times have we, I mean, look at when we played Canberra and did the Viking Club. How many times have we sat there in our high horse? probably annoying people around us just talking about how great our team was the entire half you know oh, so yeah, at the end yeah. of the day as long as as long as fans aren't being you know aren't racially or culturally abusive or anything like that I'm like love it I love all of it yeah like realistically a, you know a fan just being annoying is a fresh a breath of air a fan that's a, what a fan is backwards yeah 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 well like we had to listen to a Penrith fan at the Sharks game, mm. racially abused Billy Army kick out. Yeah. Oh, so embarrassing. Yeah. Like, so <laughs> embarrassing. And like, oh, made no sense that. because it was like, 
he would cheer him one second and then abuse him the of next. Of course, always. It was like, I don't understand. Like what, what happens? And then like, I, I couldn't help myself later on. Someone else made a mistake. I think it actually might've been Mitch Kenny and there was silence. Mm. Nothing happened. And I, I turned to Jack very low. I wonder why. I was like, oh, does he not get booed because he's white? <laughs> Literally, <laughs> and it was just like silence. Exactly and I was it. like, well, well. <laughs> oh, that's just embarrassing, isn't it? It's, yeah, it's, it's um, stuff I was telling I don't, It's um, yeah. I mean, when I was cheerleading, I was very lucky because I never experienced or even heard anything remotely like nothing. Not in five years, not one time did I hear anything that was um, awful or rude or racial or cultural. Um, the only time that like there were any instant, I didn't like the Sharks fans because they were just the worst. And I think that was in their heyday, like they like around 2016. Um, and they were just like, I guess that's what we are like now. Anyway, <laughs> but the one time I'll, I'll like never forget it. Um, we were what it was a Bulldogs game, and to be fair, the Bulldogs fans were great. Like I never, everyone always kind of thought they had this terrible reputation, which again might be a a, a slight um cultural insinuation from people who just automatically think that Bulldogs fans are the worst. Um, they were great. They were amazing, and one of them um, yelled out to us, you guys are the ugliest cheerleaders in the NRL. And one of the, one of the girls thought he said hottest and she like screams out of the top of her lungs, thank you, and like waves oh, to me. No. <laughs> and she had no idea, but I was like, that is the best response. Yeah, without that, her. Yeah, that is actually so funny. <laughs> that it's like, it really so does funny. work. Yeah, and she was like, had this smile on her face, she thought it was so great. And I'm like, I'm not going to tell her. Don't tell her. Don't tell her. <laughs> yeah. To this day, she still thinks it's, it's true. She still thinks she's the oldest girl in the NRL. Yeah. yeah, when she's having a bad day, she's like, oh, well, that guy was nice to me that time. At least that Bulldog fan like me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, my God. Anyway, that's my boycott. I just... It was so funny. I had to do it like in between like recordings and I was like, oh, I've got a thing. Let me do it. <laughs> Always welcome. <laughs> Are you going back to your getting collecting wins on four guys? No, I lost in the final round. I got annoyed. So I'm going to start packing. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. 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 This is our last recording in this apartment. Oh, how exciting. Yay. Yes. Yes. That's so fun. I'll no, I'll no longer be within like eye line of Charlie Staines. <laughs> That's terrible. Watch us lose now. It's all I you. know. I know. That's the thing is that we've won a premiership with me living here, or like in this area. Yeah. And yeah. now it's yeah. just not going to happen. Maybe the townhouse will be when Para wins. If it oh, is, yeah, I'm going to gonna go, I'm gonna go Para fans in 1981 with the grandstand <laughs> and burn it down. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Uh, for any insurance companies out there, I'm not going to do that. If anything happens, it's a complete coincidence. This is a joke. By, yeah. by an insurance company. Yeah. Uh, Nat, Nat, what are your hourly rates as a lawyer? <laughs> it's funny because I actually do some insurance work too, so I could do it in my sleep. Oh, there we go. <laughs> Good stuff. All right. All right. Well, thank you for joining us, Victoria. No worries. Go there. Thank yeah, you. all right. Go back to go back to doing the housework. All right. Oh, oh no, no, that sounded bad. Oh, that sounded bad. Oh no, my god. Come back. Come back. Not in front of oh, me. Wow. Thank you I'm very much. Ashamed. Oh no, that that was really bad. Hearing that. No um, editing. Oh, no oh, editing um, of this podcast um, is allowed. Um, go back. That was the to, wrong audience um, for that, Jack. Wrong go, audience for that. <laughs> go back to to packing because we're moving. Uh huh. I'm no expert. I just love the game. But more than that, I love the community.
If you're a fan of rugby league or the NRL, you'll love Big T's Tees. Unique, affordable and made for fans. Find a link to the online store in the show notes below. You'd look good in one of Big T's Tees. Yeah, uh, the great man will be playing his 100th game this weekend. Hallelujah. What a ride. How exciting. I know. I know. He's finally got there. I think he's missed like nearly 40 games through injury. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we are we are both very, very happy, but nobody could possibly be as happy for this. I mean, aside from Dylan's family, as you. <laughs> yeah. Aside from them. Yeah. Um, uh, what yeah. an exciting time. I just think like, I mean, we, we talk about him all the time. For me, it's crazy. His glow up has just been unreal. Like if you think in 2019, around mid 2019, um, and it was just, there was a lot of people saying like, he needs to go. Like he's a, he's not good for the team. And he was just having, he's not good under the high ball. He's kind of stressed about him all the time. And then he's just like, grown so much from from that to the point where he's genuinely one of our most consistent players and one of our probably our, the most valuable players to our team and it's quite crazy to look back on that and realize this is the same person in yeah. like such a short amount of time it's just been managed to completely turn it around it's it's yeah it's a hundred percent the the story and the overcoming the sort of adversity re- with regards to his limitations on the field that have made this mm-hmm. such a satisfying career yeah. to watch oh absolutely and like he reminds me okay so like you know like maybe kids who are like really ugly when they're young and they're like bullied all the time because they're ugly or they're like gangly or they don't and then they like blow up or whatever in high school and they become beautiful teenagers and at that time looks are all you care about but those kids are always the really nice people because they know what it's like to be on the other side of things. That's Dylan. <laughs> like yeah. every time he's interviewed after a game, he genuinely seems like so humbled, so surprised that he's being interviewed, so surprised at any sort of, you know, um, credit that he gets, he deflects onto his teammates. He's, he's such a team player and not a me player. Um, and he's just invaluable to our team, what he's become. Yeah, Dylan is definitely like he is the post breakup TikTok where yeah. it's like, yeah, me now, and like they're looking hot. Yeah. And that's Dylan. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm reading an article here from the eighth of May twenty nineteen. Panthers attempt to oh, squeeze no. out Dylan Edwards. Dylan Edwards is set to be the first casualty of Penrith's horror start to the season with the club attempting to offload the unwanted fullback in a move that could result in him becoming North Queensland's fullback fullback option for Valentine Holmes. So he almost became the backup fullback at the Cowboys three years ago. Oh my days. That's wow. Yeah. I just, cause at the, like, honestly, my like my obsession with Dylan hasn't been a forever thing. I'll be honest. Um, so I don't even recall, like that doesn't ring bells for me. Any of that happening. I also think I'd block out 2019 journal in my head. It's best for my PTSD, but that's crazy. That that's like a starting doors moment. I honestly, like I, I entirely mean this. 
I don't think we win the premiership without Dylan Edwards. I don't think we make the 2020 grand yeah, final without Dylan Edwards. I don't Dylan think Edwards. so either. Like, he's that crucial a cog in our... And we've seen what happens, you know, when our players play with a more fancy fullback. So you look at Origin and look at Origin. It didn't work out. There's too many cooks in the kitchen. And I think the fact that Dylan just knows exactly what his job is and he does it to perfection every week has just assisted us so much. He's not the one who's going to be looking to do the, the Hail Mary play all the time. He's just there in support and he's just, it's crazy that we're talking about him like this now. Yeah. One thing that I've noticed with that comparison you've made of the Penrith boys playing with someone like Dylan compared to with Tedesco is yeah. that when the ball swings right to Dylan, if the play's not on, he so he just mm. takes the tackle and lets us get yeah. on to the next play because we're already yeah. set up for the next play. Quick Whereas play with Tedesco, ball, yeah. Because Tedesco is a different kind of player. He sort of jinxes his way back in field and looks for yeah. another hole and everything. And it kind of, it just so creates a- stifles it, everything. Yeah, just a little bit. And that's yeah, like absolutely nothing against James Tedesco because he's just about the best fullback there is. Mm. But it's just a show of how Dylan is the perfect mix for this group. And yeah. like when that article that I referenced was written at the time, he was that was when he was dropped to New South Wales Cup and Caleb Akins was our fullback. Was he? I forgot that he was even dropped. Yeah, he, he got he got dropped for a week and then came back. Damn. Yeah. And then Caleb not long Akins and then yeah, not long after was when um Dallin, Blake, Mansour, and Campbell Gillard were dropped. Yeah. And Mansour was the only one who showed a good attitude about it and they kept him. What a horrible year that was. Oh yeah. my god! I know that that whole year was so disappointing, but it was almost like In so many ways. It was like 2019. Dylan walked so that 2020, 2021, 2020, 2022, 2021, Dylan 2022, could run, could run, <laughs> run on a broken foot. <laughs> You've got to experience adversity before you can beat the best. Yeah, and what it's a beautiful like, story. I'll admit, like you know, you've said that you weren't always. You weren't the head of the the Dylan Edwards fan club for the whole time. No. At the beginning of 2020, I was actually one of those people who was in the camp that, like, Dylan should Fair be up. playing, like, wing. And, no, I was I thinking know. that, like, Matt Burton should be fullback. Oh, that's so random. I thought I thought either one of Burton or Luai should be fullback and the other one should be 5'8". Yeah. And I am so glad that I was wrong. Like, who knows? That could have yeah. worked out brilliantly, but at least we but never nothing have, would have worked we never, as well as, yeah, yeah. We never have to wonder about it because it has worked We know out. pretty much, we know pretty much beyond reasonable doubt that nothing would have worked as well as what we've done. Yeah. Given the success that we've had, there's, it's next to, it's next to impossible to beat what we've done. Um, I just think it's crazy because I remember at the beginning when it, when it started and like when we started being good, like the narrative would be like, wow, we're so good that even Dylan Edwards is looking good. And now the narrative has flipped to being like, Dylan Edwards will look good even in our worst weeks. Yeah, it's like it's become like a thing where it, it took a while for some Penrith fans to see it. And yeah. then it took an even longer time for people who don't watch Penrith with the same glasses as Penrith fans to see it. It's only now, this year where people have woken yeah. up to it. Yeah, it was and like mainstream the first media sort of and like, stuff like that. The first sort of six rounds of the premiership, like Dylan Edwards was yeah. the informed fullback of the comp. Yeah, he was. 
and that's he sort of that's so satisfying. yeah oh but like that was you were like at the top of a mountain screaming out i told you so at oh <laughs> my yes it was vindication like i've never experienced in my life like i was joking around and i'd be like wow like in the manly game i hope dylan has a blinder and he was our best player easily and i'm like yeah Oh, and because that was the season opener, everyone was watching and everyone's sort of being like, okay, like Dylan Edwards, here he is. Yeah. And then I think obviously it's like, is this a flash in the pan? And then he just ended up every week you're seeing it to the point where now the narrative is so far the other way. I think it was last week when, yeah, against the Sharks, when Dylan didn't have his, the world's best game ever seen, he was still fine, but he wasn't amazing. And after the game, it was Dylan Edwards outstanding game <laughs> yeah so it's funny how far it's swung the other way now because it's like everyone knew when dylan was gonna have a shocker and it was when a yeah. bomb got put up that he would drop his head would yeah. dip from there and he would end up dropping oh. a couple more and he would be ineffective yeah. in attack game and over. probably not be able to yeah. make a tackle either but now yeah. he's got that ability to drop one and forget about it yeah and, and the whole team does as well it's, it's reflecting yeah. on the whole team yeah and it's and- so important because you are going to have moments and you, and I think Nathan's come really far. I think Nathan even spoke about the fact that he used to, as soon as he would make a mistake, he would immediately start thinking about the shit he'd cop for it and how he's let everyone down and how the media would be picking up on it and the yeah. rest of his game would turn to shit. And he said psychologically when he moved past that, it's when his game got better. And I think you see that reflecting the entire team at the moment. Yeah, it's like they picked up that great trait from James Maloney of just being able to forget yeah. about it. And you have to, you have yeah. to forget about it. You can't let it ruin, you know, it's fair enough if someone's like on their debut and that happens, it's very hard to put it to the back of your mind yeah. and just push forward. But like as leaders in this team, they've done a really, really good job of setting the example that you don't let one, you know, one mistake define your game. Um, and just seeing the way Dylan's not let this, you know, initial not the best couple of years define his career has honestly been awesome. Like, we do talk about him a lot and I know sometimes it becomes almost satirical, but in all seriousness, <laughs> like super proud of him and what he's done. Yeah. And here's to 100, 200 more. Like, Absolutely. Like, with more premierships whacked in there. Yeah. Yeah. You know, retires at Penrith, hopefully. Oh, um, yeah, definitely. You know, sneaky, sneaky game for Australia or New South Wales in there maybe. Just to like um, one of those funny ones against like Italy or something. Yeah. That's all I yeah. that's all I'm asking for. Yeah, I'm fine with that. Like yeah. I know that we have plenty of good fullbacks running around. Yeah. But yeah. you know, um let's hope that they all go to the NFL or something like that. Beckoning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, so coming up this Saturday, uh down in Chilly Chilly Canberra, the Mm. Panthers will be taking on the Canberra Raiders. Um, a reshuffled Panthers, if you will. Um, what are you looking forward to in this, Nat? Well, I love watching the Raiders play at the best of times. So I'm looking forward to seeing what they throw at us. Um, and I'm just excited to see what our response, I think this is an important game for us, what our response will be to the fact that we've lost Nathan for the next five weeks. We don't have blue eye. It's not going to get better for the next five weeks. How are we going to accept that and how that's going to come across in our game? Um, we'll have, we'll be playing the Raiders. They are desperate. They, they can't be losing games if they want to make that. It's so tight. And they're unfortunately 
on in ninth they're just a little bit out of it but they can't be dropping games because it's you know this time of year there's no room for error so they're going to be you know literally throwing absolutely everything at us um and i'm just excited to see what our response might be yeah it's it's definitely interesting the the stakes that are on the line in this game because i'll be honest i hate versing a team that have a lot on the line because oh, it's stressful yeah and i feel like a team like canberra is a team that comes up yeah good in those oh, situations at the best of times they do and like they yeah. how many times like i reckon canberra is one of these teams on their day they can beat anybody and they yeah. know that this needs to be their day yeah because we we've all seen what canberra is capable of and oh, literally they haven't, they haven't brought it out the last few years against penrith but yeah if there's any time for it to happen, it's this time. Yeah. Um, I still think we win, but, um, I mean, I think we win every week. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's, I'd say it is our toughest game of the year. Oh, hands down. Mentally, yeah. if anything. Yeah. Um, and I think this is going to be... I can't tell you if we're going to win or lose. I couldn't tell you. But after this game, I'll be able to tell you next, like what, our, what we're going to look like. This yeah, game is the, yeah. it's going to set the, the scene for the next five weeks. And that's why it's so important. Um, I really don't want to be letting any more cracks show because I feel like as much as I thought the Ray, the Sharks game was bloody wonderful, there is a lot of, oh, pen show cracks. We can see how to beat them, blah, blah, blah. And I would prefer not to show any more cracks. So just from a mental perspective, if anything, I still want to keep that, like I think there is a mental element and we saw with the Melbourne Storm for so many years where it's like we just can't beat them and like we're scared of them and I'm scared that that intimidation is going to wear off if the next five weeks aren't fantastic. So I'm just really interested. It's going to be a really good game. Yeah, like we definitely... Like we are missing some, you know, very crucial players, obviously. Yeah. And... um. I just think that you're right about that this game sort of will set a large tone for this end part of the season. And you're right. It's hard to, it's hard to know what's going on, like what's going to happen, but you're right. Like once this game is over, it'll be easy to know for the rest of the season, what is going to happen. Well, for at least the rest yeah. of the time that Nathan's out. Um, I, I, I want our defense to really win us this game. Like Me I too. think, that I think if we, we can control. Yeah, I think if we win it, we win it in the same style that we won those games in the finals last year. Yeah, gritty. Yeah. Um, and because, just by sheer termination. Yeah, we still have the best defence in the comp. And yeah, we need to while, maintain that. Yeah, and while Canberra have this amazing ability to turn it on at times, they are far from having the best attack in the comp. So yeah. it's actually... Like, as long as we do our job in defense, we should be fine. But that's just where we cannot let up because if we try and turn it into a triathon, I think that's where we lose out because totally. Jamin, score, Jamin Salmon, yeah, Jamin Salmon is not Jack Whiten. No, and I think as well, like, there's obviously a lot of talk about Nate being out, but I mean, Luai, I think, is so underrated yeah, in terms 100%. of everyone thinks he's shit. Um, he's just not like, I think we missed him so much. His energy, like 
Yeah. He's little like his combinations on the left edge. He's just, you know, he gets, he gets the ball and you just don't know what's going to happen. And he actually is low key. I don't know how the hell it's low key when he's got a winning percentage of like 85% and he's our 5'8", but still people seem to think he's not that great. Um, and I failed to understand that. And I was actually looking forward to this period if we were to win because, sorry, if we were to lose a couple, not that I'm looking forward to us losing, but I was at least going to say, well, you know, Luai does something, doesn't he? But now it's all going to be like, well, Nathan's not there. So there goes that agenda. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I get what you mean about um, yeah. when we only Less had one excuse. Yeah. yeah, now we have like 100. Actually, it one is- thing as well I'd like to remind yeah. everybody is if we lose to the Raiders, everyone's going to be very sad. But one little happy thing is that that's going to hurt Parramatta. It is. You've picked a good time so, to mention that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you waited until she left. Is Vic there? No, no. <laughs> but I did think that. I'm like, oh, that would be sad if we lost. But also, there is something good to come from it. Yeah, every every you have cloud. To look at glass half full. Yeah. yeah, every every cloud has a silver lining. <laughs> yeah. So I just wanted to bring that to yeah. everyone's attention. Um, it's going to be. I think the most crucial clash in this is going to be James Fisher Harris versus Joe Tarpany. Oh my God, Tarpany! Well, I've got my super coach, and he's been an absolute ridiculous <laughs> superstar since the moment I bought him. So I'm very aware of how good he is at the moment. You um, tweet. You tweet every week about how his partner was right to call out Ricky last yeah, year. Yeah, Kirsten, Mrs. <laughs> Tarpany knew what she was talking about. She saw what Ricky didn't. But um, <laughs> yeah, um, he's bloody awesome. That's going to be a crazy battle. Yeah, I think that's like where it's one is in the middle there. And definitely, like I see us getting over them, but I would potentially like us to have an extra forward on the bench rather than Charlie yeah. Staines. Like I know it worked out for us last week, um, but that's a bit of a small bench now. Oh yeah, I don't understand. Yeah, I unless like it. unless Falls comes in. Oh no, no, because Falls isn't even in the extended squad, is he? No, I think he wants to give him a week in cup. Yeah, okay. Because, yeah, I don't know. Maybe we bring a back rower in or something because we're just I don't lacking a bit think. of size. Like, I, yeah, especially against Raiders. Like, what do you, I don't know if Corey Hall is for his back yet. He's another one I've got on Supercoach who does very well for me. But um, he's been sick for a couple of weeks, and I saw he's on the extended bench. But if he comes in, that's a huge bench for the Raiders, and I don't want him to, like, strangle us. Yeah, exactly. That's one where you know that he'll be definitely up for the occasion as well. Totally, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, I, yeah, I still think I still think Penrith win. Um, I'm. I think it'll be like a like a six point margin at most. Um, yeah, I think it'd be close, yeah. which is kind the, of the worst. The only thing I'm certain of is I'm going to absolutely freeze to death because I'm going down to it. Oh, you're going? Yeah, I've yeah. Got a so I won't be. But. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's bloody cold down there. It's cooked. It's like the stadium's in a hole, basically. Yeah, so yeah, that's the thing. Is it's not only in the coldest city in Australia, but it's built into the ground like down. because it yeah, we used did to a be... finals game there. Yeah, yeah, it used to be we an did athletics a finals track. Game once. Yeah, and they built it's, in um, to make it rectangular, so now the wind whips in. <laughs> it's um crazy. So like when you usually when you go like when you're um, in the sheds and stuff like that. It's just like normal rooms. But when you go to Canberra, the sheds are like underneath the ground. 
Yeah. So it's like you're in some sort of like medieval, like it's all stone, literally. It's the suits the Raider vibe. Yeah, it's actually really cool though. Like yeah. it, it was an intimidating stadium. It really was, but it's really cool. I loved that one. That's I mean, it was awful, an awful experience because the Canberra fans were horrible, but um yeah. the 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 stadium was bloody great. Like I I I get why they enjoy it, but it was ridiculously cold because you just pretty much just stone everywhere. Yeah, and it's like they've they've done a very good job of making sure it's not comfortable for the opposition. <laughs> yes, very much so. Yeah. Uh, like, because it can get pretty cold in Penrith in the winter, but nothing yeah. prepares you for how cold nothing Canberra like is. Nothing like that, yeah. Though, no. um, <laughs> all the all the like, I know we have at least one English listener, um, Johnny, and he's probably thinking we are the softest people ever because probably, we're complaining yeah. about Canberra. <laughs> Absolutely. <Yeah. laughs> he's got a lot worse. <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, thank you for listening to another episode of the Big Cat Chat. Uh, if you'd like to follow us on our socials, you can find us on Instagram at Big Cat Chat and on Twitter at Big Cat Chat Pod. Um, yeah, we'll catch you next time. Uh, recording from all new locations. I'll, I'll have to take a yeah. I'll have to take a photo of it all when it's set up. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. it's going to be Hopefully the only. Yeah, well, it's we've agreed. Victoria and I, that's the only room of the house basically where any like footy stuff will be hung up. Yeah. So there'll be both Penrith and Para. Yeah, there'll be both Penrith and Para in there, but I'll try and like, I'll try and sneak in a bit more. Love that. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Oh, she just said no. Okay. Uh, There you go. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Okay. Thank you everyone for listening and we'll talk to you later. Thanks, guys. You're listening to the Big Cat Chat podcast on the Sports Best Friends Network. Sports Best Friends would like to thank you for listening right to the end. You are our kind of people. Find other great sports podcasts in our family by subscribing. And remember, social media isn't a bad place. You just need to follow the right people.